Hello and welcome to the Art Engager podcast with me, Claire Baum. I'm here to share techniques and tools to help you engage with your audience and bring art, objects and ideas to life. So let's dive into this week's show. Hello and welcome back to the Art Engager podcast. I'm your host, Claire Bown of Thinking Museum, and this is episode 18. So today I'm going to be talking about some common fears I've heard people say they have around leading art discussions. And I'm going to be sharing some tips on what you can do to overcome these. So leading tours and educational programs that are based on discussion, inquiry and interaction can be a scary business, both for you and for your participants. And if you're about to take your first steps, it might seem really daunting. However, do remember that any concerns you have, they are perfectly normal and you're not alone. We've all been there and we all had to start somewhere. So take it one step at a time and with time, practice and guidance, it will get easier. I promise. So in this episode, I'm going to summarise the most common fears and concerns that I've heard around leading discussion-based programmes. And I'm going to give you some suggestions for ways to overcome them. But before we start, if you'd like to support the show, you can now do so by buying me a cup of tea on buymeacoffee.com forward slash clairebound. And I'll put a link in the show notes. And the show notes, they're available on my website, thinkingmuseum.com forward slash podcast. And this is episode 18. So now let's get started with today's show. So the first fear I've heard about leading discussion-based programs is that there is no script to fall back on. Now, a script can take many forms. It can be a script provided by your organisation, your museum, your heritage organisation, and this can be something that can help their educators and guides lead informative sessions. Now, it can also be an unofficial script. It could be your notes, your detailed notes for what you want to say about each artwork or object. But, and this might be difficult to hear right now, but it's time to ditch the script. So people want to participate, connect and converse with you and the object or artwork you're discussing. Lectures and traditional walk and talk style programmes are outdated and no one can concentrate for more than a few minutes when someone is transmitting information at them, no matter how good the delivery is. So maybe you're worried that your mind will go blank or perhaps you won't know what to say. And quite often, if you're used to a script, you're used to having that security blanket to fall back on when you're leading a tour or an educational program. But if you memorise what you want to say or if you repeat words from a script, it makes your delivery sound impersonal and in some cases even robotic. And as I've said before, there's nothing worse than being in the same spot 
saying the same thing at the same time. So it's time to rethink your role. It's time to change the dynamic and put the focus of your session on the participants rather than on you as the expert or the sage on the stage. Try to think of yourself as the facilitator for the session. You are helping the group to discover things for themselves. So it's time to base your program on questions and listening rather than you just talking. And this will take work. It's an entirely different way of working, but stick with it because the rewards are plentiful. You will get so much more enjoyment out of every session you lead because you'll never have two sessions that sound the same. Now, the golden rule with any discussion-based programme is practice, practice, practice. So I'd recommend you start slowly and perhaps prepare just one object or artwork on a stop in your tour or in your programme that's based on questions and discussion. Set yourself a time limit of five to ten minutes and see how it feels. Prepare some questions or use a thinking routine. Think ahead about the type of questions you might ask. And maybe put yourself in the shoes of one person in your group. You know, that person that always tries to ask challenging questions and think about some possible responses. And each time you try to lead a discussion around this artwork or object, do a reflection afterwards. Think about what worked, what perhaps didn't work, what you can work on for next time, what felt comfortable or what parts were more tricky. And this sort of familiarity, this practice over time will bring you confidence and will help you to deliver this discussion-based session in a more natural and flexible way. Yes, you will feel naked without the script the first time you lead a session this way, but it's so much more rewarding and it will definitely get easier. So the second common fear I've heard over the last 20 years is around sharing your knowledge. So lots of people ask me, well, if I work in a more discussion-based way, when and how do I share my knowledge? And I think this is a common misconception that leading these sorts of programs based on conversation, dialogue or discussion actually prevents you from sharing your knowledge and that perhaps the group will miss out from receiving this information. Now, I want to say that this is simply not true. You can create meaningful discussion-based programs with and without information. And if your program is one where participants expect you to share knowledge, think about how and when you will share it. Any information should be shared in small amounts throughout the discussion. And think about the following questions when you're about to start sharing some information. So think first, does this piece of knowledge guarantee a memorable or rewarding experience? Or could it actually be detracting from their own personal insights? Does this information provide a jumping off point for group discussion? Or could it perhaps shut down new insights from your participants? So any information you share should be there 
to further the discussion. So learn how to use the knowledge you have as a tool to create curiosity and engagement. And another way of thinking about it is to imagine yourself as the orchestrator or facilitator of the discussion. So you are helping the participants to discover the information for themselves. This is not about you providing the facts or the content. So just remember yourself as the facilitator rather than the sage on the stage. And for more information on how to share your knowledge in a more strategic and a more productive way, do see episode 12 of this podcast, which is best practices for sharing information. And this is a really deep dive on how, when, and if you can share your knowledge. So moving on to the next common fear, and this is all around losing control. And this is maybe one of the biggest fears about leading this type of program, that once you hand over the reins to the participants, you will no longer be able to control the outcome of your session. And it is true, you can't predict everything during a discussion-based program, but you can make a plan so that you have an idea of where it might go. And I think a structure is always important because you want your discussion to be a rounded whole rather than this loose muddle of questions that I often talk about. So do plan your program to have an introduction, a main body and a conclusion. And if you're working in person and you're visiting several artworks or objects, have a plan for each stop. Make sure that your discussion starts with an observation section, maybe some description as well, then moves on to some form of interpretation and then has a satisfying conclusion. And you can always use thinking routines here to help. I think thinking routines do provide a really flexible structure and serve as this backbone to help you know what to expect in the discussion. So I think thinking routines really sort of uh, get rid of that need for constant decision making about what you should do next or what's coming next. And they help you to sort of plan what you're going to do in advance. And having that thinking routine internalized really frees up the headspace for you to be more creative and confident with your groups and gives you more mental energy to actually focus on what the participants are saying. So thinking routines are really wonderful structures that really help you feel more confident leading discussions with your groups. So another common fear is around what will happen if the discussion goes off track. And yes, this will happen from time to time, but don't worry because it's part of your job as a facilitator to manage the discussion and you can refocus the conversation where necessary. And always remember that some people may just offer a few words in response to your questions and others may go on for longer. So as a facilitator, you really want to be in charge of steering the conversation and make sure it stays on course. And you can do this by politely interjecting with questions at appropriate moments and also, you know, using additional questions to keep the discussion on course and maintain the control and flow. 
And another good way of keeping it on track is using a summary. So some facilitators summarize the discussion so far. So for example, this is what we've discussed so far, or they share that there's been a variety of ideas and opinions in the group and then list them out. And you can also, if you have the space and the, uh, the tools with you, you can also list the main talking points on a portable whiteboard. Now, another common fear is that tumbleweed moment. What if no one says anything? And it's such a common fear. It's that moment when you ask a question and nothing happens. There's this painful silence that seems to go on forever, even though it's only a few seconds. And yes, it has happened to us all. But there are lots of things that you can do to avoid that tumbleweed moment. First of all, you want to create an atmosphere that encourages participation. So make sure that all your participants feel happy to contribute. So find out some general information from your participants and then let them know what to expect for the session. So say at the start that participation and interaction will be a part of this session and that you are welcoming a variety of ideas and interpretation. This all helps to set the tone. Then you want to ensure that your questions are open-ended. And as you all know, open-ended questions promote longer answers, the sort of answers that come from thoughts, feelings, experiences, and the good thing about open-ended questions is they don't put people on the spot. So they only reveal the information that they want to, depending on how comfortable they're feeling. And there's no right or wrong answers or predictable answers. And they really do encourage people to respond. So if you want more participation, ask more open-ended questions. And if you want to remind yourself how to perfect your questioning techniques, go back to episode four with the five rules for asking questions. Then also make sure you get comfortable with the silence after you ask a question. Don't go straight in with a nervous follow-up question. Allow your group time to think through possible answers and theories. I so often hear a guide or an educator go in straight away with a follow-up question before the group have even had a chance to look at the object or think about an answer. So give everyone the chance to respond by giving them at least five seconds, perhaps you can count it in your head, before you even think about saying anything. Think of it as thinking time. And if you still don't get any responses after you've given enough waiting time, then maybe it's time to rephrase your question and make sure it's clear what you're asking. And finally, a common fear that I hear around discussion-based programs is what if someone asks a question that I don't know the answer to? So this will happen. There will be times when your participants ask you questions that you simply don't know the answer to. But instead of freezing, just relax. It's okay. It's really impossible to prepare for every possible question in a discussion-based program. And if you don't know, you don't know. And it's important to be authentic with your audience. There are some techniques you can employ. Um, some of these you could use 
um, when you get a question that you don't know the answer to immediately. So first of all, you could perhaps repeat or paraphrase the question to ensure you've understood it. And this will actually give you a bit more time to think before you need to answer it. Actually saying it out loud may also give you inspiration for an answer. It just buys you a little bit more time. You could also ask the person some clarifying questions to understand their intention better. Um, perhaps the more you understand, the better you might be able to understand the question. Finally, you can admit you don't know the full answer. We're all human and you can share what you do know at this moment in time. And you can also ask the group what they think too. So I hope this has been helpful in trying to allay some of the most common fears around leading discussion-based programs. Don't forget, take one step at a time and imagine each step as a learning opportunity. So make practice a habit. Set aside time regularly for what you want to improve and practice, practice, practice. It should become part of your routine. And as part of my VTMO course, participants practice new thinking routines in our regular practice sessions. And these sessions are a really unique part of the membership, but they're so important because they offer members the experience they need to grow in confidence. So they embed this new way of working um, by making sure you practice consistently. So don't forget, take it one step at a time before you start uh, worrying about anything and get that practice in. Before long, you'll be wondering what you're worried about in the first place. Now, if you'd like to be taken step by step through the process of learning how to lead engaging discussions around art and artifacts, then do join my Visible Thinking membership and take my Visible Thinking in the Museum online course starting on September the 20th. So it's an eight module course, it's spread over 10 weeks, and you will learn how to master the art of facilitating engaging discussions. You'll learn how to give your discussions a flexible structure and substance. You'll learn how to deploy basic and advanced facilitation skills. You'll learn how to formulate brilliant questions that get results and develop this practice habit. This will help you to embed your new skills quickly and you can be part of a global community of educators. We connect, we learn and we support each other. So don't forget, we start on September the 20th and I'll put a link to the VTMO course in the show notes. So I hope you've enjoyed today's episode. Please subscribe or follow the Art Engager and do give us a rating and review from where you're listening. It all helps to get the word out there and for more people to find the show. Do come and say hello to me on Instagram too. I can be found hanging around there on most days. So just search for at Thinking Museum. And I'll see you next week. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Art Engager podcast with me, Claire Bound. You can find more art engagement resources by visiting my website, thinkingmuseum.com. And you can also find me on Instagram at Thinking Museum, where I regularly share tips and tools on how to bring art to life and engage your audience.
If you've enjoyed this episode, please share with others and subscribe to the show on your podcast player of choice. Thank you so much for listening and I'll see you next time.